You're listening to a Big Finish production. This is the Big Finish podcast, official release date, 6th of November 2017. Hello, Benji Clifford here with all the latest news, emails and Big Finish loveliness. And on top of that, we also have Nick Briggs. Who's not so lovely, but I can certainly tell you that we'll be bringing you a guest star interview with David Bradley, the new First Doctor, featuring in the BBC's Doctor Who Christmas special Twice Upon a Time, and Big Finish's new First Doctor adventures next year. We also have a 15-minute tease for you of Survivors, the audiobook by Terry Nation, read by original brilliant cast member Carolyn Seymour. And that links to the first item in news today. That's right, Survivors Series 7 is coming out this month. If I can finish the blooming music in time. (laughs) Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Survivors Series 7. This is a photograph. It's Peter. I recognise him. This is wonderful. We should go outside, where we can talk properly. We're facing disaster. The Retworth deal. (laughs) Deal with the devil, more like. What choice do we have? All those good people, gone. But I'm still here. Why? Why are you so frightened? They'll make me go back there. Please don't send me back. The best of us get called up to heaven and the rest, well... Well... We're in hell, aren't we? But you can't! Everything's burning! He knows that a steam engine can transport supplies nationwide and feed everyone. Well, that's good. Feed everyone at a price. I've spent so long. I mean, if this is the end, I really need to know. Big finish. We love stories. I tell you, it's not to be missed. It is not yes. to be missed. We've both worked on it. What do we think? Well, I, I, like I always say, every time Survivors pops up, I think that if you've not listened to Survivors before, dive in because it's honestly every. It's one of those ones where you, you, it, it's been continuing for such a long time. It, yeah. And you keep thinking. But well, it gets oh. better and better as well, doesn't it? It well, started it. off brilliant. It's so emotional. I have literally burst into tears twice while doing the music <laughs> for this series. I've, I, I FaceTimed Ken. Bentley, who directs it, to ask him something about the music, and there were tears streaming down my face. So I was quite, quite pleased that he was out. Actually, I was, a, I was a wreck, a total emotional wreck. It's one of those things you keep waiting for it to wind down. Da- wind down's the wrong word, but you keep thinking, oh, it's bound to miss a trick, but it never does. It's just got this amazing ability that it rockets on, and it's brilliant. And it's a bit of, I, I think there's a bit of everything. It's kind of, you've, you've got emotional moments. Act- Action. There's loads of action. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really it's great. Character. Trains, horses. Oh yes, Tra- trains, automobiles, horses, <laughs> Land Rovers. You name it. No, it's really good. And I lo- I love working on Survivors. Uh, it's just one of those great shows. It's, ri- it's audio cool. as gritty and as gritty as it comes. Really, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm on episode four at the moment. I'm about a quarter of the way through doing the music for episode four. So hopefully, it should be ready in time to come out. Uh, uh, this month oh by the way I, I should mention 
just apropos of nothing at this point but big finish day tickets are now available hey yeah there yes we go. Uh, from and uh, the reminder is that the big finish day 2018 I'm just trying to remember next year's year um <laughs> is uh, by the way i saw something on the news the other day and uh, it was an irish journalist and he was referring to um 2017 as 217 <laughs> oh no and i think that that I, I think it may be a thing that uh, in ireland they talk about it as 217 and 216 if there's anyone from ireland listening could you let me know because it's just i think it's very odd i think that was that was mooted around about the time we hit the uh 21st century you know would we call it two something um and they but, just they just flew with it and, and they really? flew with it and no one else did maybe or maybe it was just that one journalist a very seasoned journalist who's reported on the the irish political situation for many years i can't remember his name now well maybe um, he's literally talking about the year of our lord 217 no he was talking about <laughs> He was talking about uh, last this year and last year. Now, but I want to find the uh, the URL for the quad, which is the venue in Derby where Big Finish Day is taking place. Yes, so it's www.derbyquad. That's d e r b y q u a d dot co dot uk forward slash events forward slash big hyphen finish hyphen day hyphen 2018 dot asbooks frozen in asbooks right so there you have it just a reminder of that all going jolly well um if you want information about how to get there go to my official facebook page uh, which is i believe called nicholas briggs official isn't it i've not i've never actually noticed what is it yeah nicholas briggs official <laughs> and uh, on there steve hatcher who's uh, arranging all this for us is doing a brilliant job of letting people know how to get to derby people are going oh i live in so-and-so i can't get there and he goes yes you can because you can get the blah 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 and he's telling people where um where the nearest airport is so some people Great. are flying from the states and wherever so so there you go have a look there too and quickly before all the tickets go and if you've not done a big finish day before it's worth noting if you love big finish obviously you must like big finish enough to be listening to the podcast i don't it know is... you might be some kind of masochist yeah maybe 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 <laughs> i hate big finish so i'm gonna listen to nick briggs and benji cliff and rabbit on about it for an hour and a half i'll play it but i just mute the speakers <laughs> <laughs> real real anarchist but if you but it's really good because we've got panels of all different all different sectors of big finish and lots and lots of people involved and the the feeling of being in a room surrounded by other people that dig big finish is is awesome it's 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 a great feeling it's well worth it if i do say so myself it's well worth it very well phil marshall montgomery recommends it for your morale quacking um, just trying to think of words with r's in them basically morale yes <laughs> um also there'll probably be a doctor who there as well oh yes. right on yes he'd never say really, that really there really will be <laughs> yeah sorry oh, about that. No. well before <laughs> we go before we go on which we we already have wonderfully um just a reminder that right after the news we'll be presenting for you the fifth installment of my big finish life and it's worth noted it's not actually my big finish life but 
Somebody else's. See, for a week and a bit, Nick decided to put on a record of what he did every day. It's a real fly-on-the-wall sort of shindiggity-doo, and uh, it's going down a storm online. So, uh, so far we've had train cancellations, uh, photo shoots, and really, <laughs> really long journey to Port Merion. Uh, with carsick old actors. <laughs> this week's it's edition. True, folks. <laughs> this week's edition features Nick actually in Port Marion, or Port Marion, or Port Marion, whatever you want to call it, presenting a special live performance of The Prisoner, and it's not to be missed. Unless you really want to miss it, of course. <clears throat> Next up in the news, coming soon from the worlds of Doctor Who, Jenny, the Doctor's Doctor. She's back. I don't know what I said there. I just said the Doctor's Doctor. The Doctor's Daughter. She's back. <laughs> the Doctor's Doctor. <laughs> the Doctor's Doctor. Back up! Stop that move. Uh, she's back, and the universe better be ready for her. As you may have seen on the Big Finish website last week, Georgia Tennant returns to the world of Doctor Who as the title role in Jenny, the Doctor's Daughter, in four new adventures from Big Finish. Jenny, originally featured in the Doctor Who television episode The Doctor's Daughter from Series 3 way back in the year of our Lords 2008. <sighs> Georgia says... Two eight, we like to call it, yes. Uh, Georgia says she's thrilled to be joining forces with Big Finish to bring Jenny back and comments that I won't do her voice, that'll just be too insulting. As we head into the 21st century, finally a female Time Lord in charge of her own spaceship. Oh, wait. Let's see what she did there. Yeah. Uh, our chum producer, David Richardson, says, having worked with Georgia before at Big Finish, I was very keen to make this series happen. And how brilliant to be able to bring Jenny... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sucking a lozenge because I've got a sore throat. How brilliant to be able to bring Jenny into her own audio adventure series. I'm very proud of the female role models uh, we have in our catalogue. River Song, Benny Summerfield, Sarah Jane Smith... Charlotte Pollard among them. And in Jenny, we have another brave, bold, intelligent woman who risks everything to save and protect others. The last we saw of Jenny, the fantastic creation of Russell T. Davis and Stephen Greenhorn, was her revival after a fatal shooting at the end of Episode 6, Series 3 of Doctor Who, and her setting off to explore the cosmos. Do you know, I've never seen that episode. Really? Never. You're kidding. It's the only one. Oh, no, that one and the Sontaran stratagem, the second one. I've never oh, seen that either. Really that good. Weird? Both really good, actually. I don't know why. What's going on? Uh, these new adventures will find out what exactly she saw and where she ran off to amongst the stars. Joining Jenny in her adventures in time and space will be her very own companion, Noah, played by Sean... <laughs> that was my a... exciting adventure music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those whistles. The clangers have arrived. <laughs> Jenny will be with her new companion, the clangers. Um, <laughs> no, the new companion is called Noah, played by Sean Biggerstaff of Harry Potter fame. That's the infamous sound there of Harry Potter when he confesses to Hagrid that he is indeed a wizard. And a Morris dancer. <laughs> the two go together very, very closely. <laughs> You'd be, you'd be hard to miss it. <laughs> Georgia is also um, associate producer of these adventures. Wow, that's cool. And has been <laughs> instrumental. Literally, that was her there. 
in continuing the legacy of this character in Doctor in the Doctor Who universe. As the wife of David Tennant and daughter of Peter Davison, both former incarnations of the Doctor, really? the rebellious Time Lord spirit certainly runs in the family. (laughs) So her four adventures come from popular Doctor Who writers Matt Fitton and John Dorney, joined by Christian Brassington from BBC One's Poldark and Adrian Poynton, writer of BBC Three's White Van Man. Available as a box set, these stories consist of Stolen Goods by Matt Fitton, Prisoner of the Ood by John Dorney, Neon Rain by Christian Brassington. Zero Space by Adrian Poynton. Uh, Next up, out this coming Tuesday, Doctor Who short trips, the ingenious gentleman Adric of Alzarius. Here's a clip. Available now from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who short trips. Somewhere in Lakora, in a place whose name most do not care to remember. The world was burning. Everywhere Adric turned, there was nothing but fire and smoke. He had lost sight of the Doctor, Nyssa and Tegan when the conflagration had started. The Doctor had been buzzing his sonic screwdriver through the air, muttering something about an unusual energy emission. No indication of what he was talking about or looking for, of course, Adric thought. The old Doctor would have told him. The old Doctor wouldn't have accidentally set a tiny village on a backwards world on fire. Not without telling Adric why first. Adric tried to make his way back to the outskirts of the village where they had left the TARDIS, but the smoke clouded his vision. He could hear people shouting and running through the crackling of the flames. And then he heard something else. Something louder than the shouting of the people and crackling of the flames. Something louder than anything Adric had ever heard before. Something like the roar of a beast high above him. The vibrations of it made him stumble and fall against the cottage next to him. His head caught against the stone of the wall and he collapsed to the ground, rolling onto his back. Looking up from where he lay, Adric could see the beast that had roared above the village. The flames licking around it made its glistening crimson scales seem to glow and shimmer almost demoniacally. Its great bat-like wings beat with such force that they fanned the flames of the inferno that was engulfing the village to grow higher and higher. Big finish. We love stories. And here's Short Trip's producer Ian Atkins chatting about this production with Nick. We've got the ingenious gentleman and- Andrick of Alzarius, oh, which brilliant. is um, Julian Richards, who... Um, well, Julian Richards and Matthew Waterhouse, I don't think you can say one of the two, because the two of them combined... Uh, it's a lovely, lovely story, which I'm going to... That's my catchphrase, I ought to have that on a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> it's a really lovely take on kind of Andrick's... I want to say disappointment, but he's kind of having to adjust to the fact that his best friend is no more and he's got a new best friend who's not like the the old one. And I, th- I think Julian finds that really well and also kind of looks at that era through a completely different prism and um, it, it's really lovely. Matthew was brilliant with that. I, I think to date he holds the record for us finishing the earliest. He did too. He came in so prepared, just bang, straight through, both of them note perfect. Um, yeah, his story yeah. reading is 
phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's that that one, the Joe Lidster one, oh, was it yeah. called? I can't remember now. Uh, a full life. A full life. Totally. Yeah. That, that was only a year ago. It yeah. just feels like <laughs> well, oh, oh, oh. it whizzes past, um, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, I d- that was a fantastic Absolutely. reading. I think. I mean, that's the one that everyone seems to talk about. And yeah. I mean, much as it was just straight from the heart, wasn't it? Yeah. You just yeah. And finally, in the news, another tease for our dramatization of H.G. Wells's War of the Worlds coming out in February, The Martian Invasion of Earth. Currently, it's still in post-production. We gave you a tantalizing tease a couple of podcasts back. Here's another one, and the action is hotting up. This is the testimony of a survivor. We're hearing a lot of renewed movement inside the cylinder. sizzling heat ray that really was there oh yes yes yeah, i have I to claim it. responsibility for the heat ray oh <laughs> those, awesome, i just though. put this in here just to boast really because uh, <laughs> you know this is what happens when sound designers work for me directly i go hold on do it like this and then i go and do a bit of sound design and send it over to them they say put that in the production and they go slot it there he says blooming it to mr know-it-all briggs <laughs> <laughs> It's a proper, you know, as heat rays go, it, it is the, uh, is the, being, is well and truly being cranked up to eleven. Yeah, it? yeah it's definitely. a full on, you know. That's well, that's I, not... I had to send it to you last night, didn't I, just oh. to show off. Well, look, I just done this, Benji. I done this. Look, 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 look. Do, do you like that bit? Do, 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 do you like that bit? Yes, it's very nice, Nick. Very nice. I did yes. the same to Jamie Anderson as well. Later on, I was having a chat with him, you know. A messaging chat and I went oh, do you want to hear my heat ray <laughs> he's like yes alright yes it's very good mmm yes right, right bye then go and watch Stranger <laughs> Things which I did and did you enjoy it oh goodness yes and there <laughs> we have it <laughs> there we go the verdict no I've not watched it Nick uh, ferociously told me this. he didn't ferociously tell me <laughs> But sort of retrospectively, I'm just adding that detail in. He told me to watch it, so I'm going to have to give uh, Stranger Things a go, I think. Back up! Watch Stranger Things! It's amazing! It's just part of my... It's part of my strange condition that I can't watch anything that people like that's currently on the television and instead (laughs) prefer to watch things that are unpopular. I'll get around to it. Well, you'll never watch Stranger Things. It's very popular and it's brilliant. So, well, yeah, you know... That's the way my life goes. I've only just discovered Cracker Jack. <laughs> right, okay. I can hear the mass scratching of heads from a huge section of our audience. But we're going to leave it there. We're not going to explain what Cracker Jack is. You'll just have to Google it. Cracker Jack! Oh, so good. And there we have it. Anyway, You are so too cra- young to have watched Cracker Jack. I've got a Swap Shop t-shirt, Nick. I, 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 I move what in What year were you born in? The year of our Lord, 19... 19- <laughs> One. <laughs> 1991? Yeah, yeah. How can you know what Kraken Jack is? I just... Honestly, Nick, I'm one of those... I just love it. I just It's not love... like... It, it's never been released on DVD, has it? Um, I think there, there are a lot of repeats of it on the telly from years ago. I think so. Maybe it is on DVD now. Good old I suppose Jack. it's on YouTube, I imagine, isn't it? Everything's on YouTube. Everything. Am I on YouTube? 
course you're on YouTube. You're on, you're on the tube. You're on the tube. <laughs> I've got a channel. There's virtually nothing on it. Mm. Around the time the series embraced video game era with contestants playing Pong for prizes. Oh man, I'll be all over that. Yeah. <laughs> cra- <laughs> I don't even know what any of those words meant. Oh dear. Uh, no, it's it's crackerjack's awesome. But I love I love old stuff. Old stuff gives me a profound sense of happy. I love I love talking to people and they're like, now you probably don't know what this is. I was like, God, yeah, there I do. <laughs> Like when I walked into a, um, I walked into a pub once wearing a Southern T-shirt. Oh and, yeah, uh, your Southern Television, yeah. My good old Southern Television. And one bloke came over and said, "You work for Southern Rail?" Like with this look of rage in his eyes. I went, "No, no." I said, "Southern Television." <laughs> so I don't work for them. I said, like, and he went, "Oh, oh God, oh God!" <laughs> and then he remembered. I was like, "Yep." Oh. Then he remembered Wurzel Gummidge. Oh, Wurzel, 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 Wurzel. <laughs> Was it you who was tweeting that um, that section from Wurzel Gummidge where all the scarecrows turn up for Wurzel's trial? That was it, from that was I retweeted that. Yeah, it's just, just the most terrifying thing, and that was put out for kids. It's just all these grotesque scarecrows heading to and all this mysterious, horrible music, absolutely traumatizing. Brilliant. And all the noises of like winches when they yeah. walk. Like... Probably this as well. That's a classic noise, that one. Yeah, yeah, I did post a thing ages ago of... um, It was a clip from an episode called The Return of Daft Head. And it got shared, like, hundreds of times on the internet. I mean, it's it's just... It blew up, like... Hundreds of times on the internet. Oh, 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 hundreds of times. Oh, where's the garbage? Come and tell us, that's a kick. Yeah, it got shared 148 times, which is pretty pretty good for... An old scarecrow from Scatterbrook. But um Wurzel, Wurzel, Wurzel. <laughs> I did so... I did that impersonation, which is just a copy of your impersonation. I did that in the studio with Rufus Hounds. And he went, Oh that's really good. That's a brilliant one. I thought, yeah, thanks, Benji. Let's see, yeah, and then a couple of weeks be and Nicholas Briggs is rep- is, is continuing the legacy of the Crow Man by reprising Jeremy Bale, <laughs> Jeremy Jeffrey Baleden's role in Wurzel Gummidge. I think you swine, he stole my impersonation. So That's right, I stole your impersonation. Bird um, of night, hoot not. So yes, now it is time for something special. It is the end of the Big Finish news. Bird of night. <laughs> Hope not. Was that uh, the face you pull when you do that voice? Is oh, quite terrifying. Where, 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 well, that's the face he pulls. But if you bird of at, night, hoot not. That's 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 um, cr- that's, that's, that's cat weasel. Yeah. Salme, dalme, adone, <laughs> electricity. <laughs> so yes, time now for day five in my big finish life. You may remember that last week I was on my way to Port Marion, the North Wales location for the classic ITV series, The Prisoner, uh, which we've reimagined on audio, flatteringly to great acclaim. Uh, My purpose was to direct a live performance of a drama starring Mark Elstob as number six. He plays number six in our audio version. And that's international star of stage and screen, Nicholas Grace as number two. Here's what happened. Well, here I am up 
fairly bright and breezy um, at about, uh, well, I got up at 7.30 in room number seven, not number six, in the Port Marion Hotel. I have been in Port Marion twice before, but never stayed in the actual hotel building, even though all the buildings in Port Marion, in the village, are owned and run by the hotel. You stay in apartments and they're part of the hotel. Uh, so yes, last night met uh, up with Nicholas Grace, who I've worked with before, who's going to play number two in our little prisoner play. Um, and it was all a little bit late and we were, uh, Darren Nesbitt, a former number two, his wife, Mark Elstob and I were the last people allowed to be served dinner. They were very strict. They really wanted to close the kitchen and there was clearly quite a bit of tension. Um, but anyway, we had a lovely dinner and uh, a quick drink and listened to many of Darren Nisbet's um, anecdotes to which his wife good-humouredly rolls her eyes the whole time. Uh, but, you know, he, he is a great anecdoter and I'm sure the fans of The Prisoners are going to be treated to a lot of that today. Um, I haven't been inside the venue yet. I'm the Green Dome, um, which is, of course, uh, much smaller than the actual Green Dome in the series, which was a set, but we're, we're using the interior of the external bit of the Green Dome. Um, apparently you can get about 60 standing audience members in there. And I'm told that the stairs are very um, steep inside it. So uh, Rick Davey of the Unmutual, a prisoner uh, fan website, um, was telling me that uh, probably the audience might all topple over, which is all extremely encouraging. So we have about an hour to rehearse it from, well, the performance is at 11.15 and we're going to go in there, but we're going to meet up at 10. So uh, I might try and get over there beforehand just to get the lie of the land. It's all rather nerve-wracking. Nicholas Grace says he has one line alteration for me, but I think he's ribbing me anyway, um, because he is uh, constantly ribbing, as you may gather from things you hear later in this little thingy that I'm recording. Uh, it really was too tough. The, the journey was too tough for uh, a three of the people who were coming with us um, and I think that they probably won't come back in the alleged executive coach which is really just a school minibus uh, the, the seats are too small um, the ride is too bumpy I can survive it um, but um, it was it was too much for them I think they were quite shocked at how uh, difficult the journey was and in the last hour or so they really did get to the end of their tether on it. During the journey I had a phone call from Sylvester McCoy telling uh, me that uh, due to unforeseen and very unfortunate circumstances his having to attend a, a funeral of a very dear friend he said he wouldn't be able to make it for the Monday of the upcoming Monday Tuesday recording early next week at the beginning of next week and so I was able, before I ran out of phone battery, to text uh, Jamie Anderson, who's directing that, to ask him if he can sort out the schedule to accommodate that, either to do Sylvester all on one day, the second day, the Tuesday, or uh, pick up stuff with him on another day. Um, unfortunately, when I finally uh, managed to plug my phone in again just before going to bed, 
I realised that Sylvester texted back and said, oh no, sorry, I got the wrong date. It's not the 2nd and 3rd of October, it's the 9th and 10th. It's the 9th I can't make. So I quickly texted Jamie, who luckily was still up, and he said, ah, I've changed the schedule and I forgot to save the original. I normally would save the original, but so he's, uh, so it's created quite a to-do for Jamie. But anyway, Jamie's very good and has got on and done that. Um, there are also conversations going back and forward during the day about the possibilities of pitching for... Oh, there's a text. Uh, the possibilities of um, pitching for a new franchise. This comes up from time to time and and we pitch and nothing happens. So, you know, I'm, I'm not getting over it, overly excited. Uh, one takes these things in one stride. Um, and so we were just trying to find the right writer. So David Richardson and I were... Uh, swapping text goodness now this now this is um interesting um i've just had a text from my wife and you won't believe this but this is the first time i've thought of this today and indeed remembered it it says happy birthday my lovely i'd forgotten completely until i read that it is in fact my birthday because my birthday is the 29th of september the same day as the anniversary of the prisoner and captain scarlet hope all is well then you have fun today hmm. oh dear ben has a sore throat ah <laughs> oh. well that's my birthday i think i'll celebrate by having breakfast so off i head down to the breakfast room Thank you. If you wouldn't mind having breakfast in the far room, sir. I wouldn't mind that at all. Yes, sir. The buffet's there on the right. Oh, lovely. Then we'll take your order for everything else. Thank you. So there we are, that was Darren Nesbitt. Then having had breakfast, I head into the village for a recce. Morning, Rick. Good morning. How are you doing? Of course not. So, T minus two hours. I've had my breakfast. And then I spy Tim Beddoe's managing director of network distribution. The company putting on this event. Do I? No, actually, you're fine there. I was only looking over. Yeah. No, um, so... Nick Grace, Hasling, Well, wait, no, we're meeting here at 10. Yes, yes, oh, I saw, saw him last night. I got your text. Um, when, when is it going to be open? Oh, do you want to go there now? Yeah. Because I need to know where... Because you'll have a... Is it just one camera in there? Or? Uh, yeah. Have you actually been up there already? I just went up and looked it's inside, locked. but it's, it's locked. Do you want to, have you been here yet? I've not today. And Tim takes me into the main oh, hall night. to find <laughs> the key. Been, yeah, oh, were you in the audience last night? No, no, I was having dinner. Uh, I'm going to start letting people in. You ready? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. The key is one of these gold Okay. And do you know, can I choose which way we're going to perform it? I understand. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Green Dome. Oh, exciting. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing in there. That was Rick Davy from the Unmutual again. And now I've got the keys to the Green Dome. I've already looked inside, but uh, it's about 20 past nine. The estuary is filling up with water and uh, the place is filling up. Lots of people walking around in prisoner costumes. Yeah, that enough. That was Dick Fiddy from the BFI, who's going to be doing some interviews later. All I need to do is find Mark Elstop, and here he is. Yeah, no, I did. Did you sleep all right? Yeah, yeah, very good. Fantastic room. Yeah. What was it? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so we're heading for the Green Dome. I had no trouble sleeping. Up this way. Oh, there's the Magoon. Oh, right. Bus. That's very recently mm. unveiled. Mm -hmm. right. And like all good actors, Mark's concerned about his costume. Is this ensemble all right? I've got black trousers. All right. Actually, actually no. Trousers really actually, that's that's, that's better, more. It's a bit better mixed with the jacket. Definitely it suggests. Uh, yes, uh, clearly Tim hasn't uh, produced a jacket. <laughs> He's, he gave me the keys and said, "There you are." So here we are entering the Green Dome. Oh, look at that. He said it's one of these, and it was that one. There's, they're going to mic you to record sound from their video. It's incredible, isn't it? Amazing. I mean, I think the audience should be all around here. On the stairs, so we're playing it. So, that, so you can dash out. Yes. Right. I think most of it, you're just standing and doing it. Uh -huh. Only just specific bits, but we'll see. Fine. I don't know whether... No, it's just... Uh, uh, miking, it's going to be, it's still going to be a difficult audio. Yeah. With this echo. I mean, it's not yeah. my problem, but... No. Yeah, but... Yes, I wonder how many people are get in here, then. I mean, I suppose... They think they can pile 60 in, that seems... They, I mean, if they can empty that... Yeah. They will. Well, I think that this is all the emptying they've done. He showed me his hands and said, look, I've got my hands dirty. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is obviously someone pays extra for a box. Clearly, <laughs> that would just fall off the wall. <laughs> this panel commemorates Sir Clough Williams. Yes. See, what was that? K T C B E M C L L D F R. Oh, the Royal Institute of British Architects. Sounds good. Perhaps I should do my introduction from up there. From uh, <laughs> Oh, that's where they're going to put the camera. Oh, that's, they're going to work. But Tim said to me, I said, can I choose which way we're going to do it? And he said, yeah, it's up to he you. He said, yes. He said, yes. <laughs> but I mean, the cameraman's going to say, well, I'm up here. I can only see the tops of their heads. I well, think the cameraman's going to have to. Film the rapt audience attention. Yes. Here's a video of some people watching something. Okay, well, 
Um, I'm going to go and get the bits I need. Fine. So I'm just going to walk around. Just yes, be hanging around. The, I'll be back before our allotted time. I mean, do you want to? Shall I leave it open and you stay up here? No, 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 no. I'm going to. I'm going to walk around. Okay. Of course, now that you've seen it for the first time in the open. Yes. What do you think? In, in the light, I mean. Yeah. Quite windy outside as we look at the view. It's the. Uh, it's this. It's this sort of. The whole thing is so staggered, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's so. Uh, designed exactly to yeah. fool the eye all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That little place up there. This. Well, this, this. No, not no. up there. Just down that. That sort of dull-looking house there. That's the yeah. one I've stayed in before. Right, over right. There, over the back there. The slope-roofed one. Yes, right, yeah. Right. That's... Is it... Oh, no. Or maybe it's the one... No, no, it's that one. That's upper, uh, upper arches that I've stayed right, in twice. Right, But some of these ones around here, they, hmm. they look like they're big buildings, but there's actually... When you get close to them, there's virtually nothing to them at all. You mm -hmm. know? It's quite incredible. <laughs> right. I'll go and get some stuff. That's the town hall. That's the town hall. So that, yeah, you know, anywhere around those gates. Fine. Yeah, I stuffed myself with the most enormous breakfast. If you if you see me trying to eat lunch, just hit me with your umbrella. Physically pull you away. It's just ridiculous. Undone all my recent good work with losing weight. So essentially what Mark and I have to do now is wait for Nicholas Grace. And unfortunately a misunderstanding is on its way. Are you here all day? All day. All right. Hello, hello. Oh, my phone's ringing. It's Tim Bellows. Hello, Tim. I think you're just near me. The keys to the dome. Yeah, the just going to go up again. Into, uh, I thought that might happen, yes. Good morning. You will? Yeah. Can I have one of those? <laughs> I don't smoke. But you feel like it's time to start. What the f am I doing this for? I don't what know. The <laughs> so, this is the wrong time to uh, interview you for the Big Finish podcast then. Is, yeah. <laughs> is that on? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I won't use any of that. I might do some bleeping. <laughs> So you, you don't realise until you're actually in the field just how much work's involved in this. I've got a funny feeling that you all want us to do it the opposite way round to the way I want to do it. So in we go to the Green Dome again. I think it's that one, but if it's not, it's the other one. So if we, I'd like to perform it here. Oh, no. no. Well, no, because it's going to be here. Well, unless you can find some way. They put the camera up there. We're going to put the camera up there. I know, but the trouble is, in the script, he has to dash out. Well, uh, okay. And the audience looking down at the actors is better for the audience as well. Because they can't. They can't. <laughs> So we're going to have to do it this way around. 
Well, I'll tell you what, why doesn't, who's in number six? Yeah. Well, why didn't you just park barges way through okay. the audience? I think that's... So they're going to have to perform on the stairs? Yeah, well, on this area here. Okay. All right. It'll be fine. Yes, you'll have to dash through. Yeah. The trouble is, yeah, okay, I'll make yeah. it. Just make it live, you know, just yes. make them part of the... Oh, well, they are. Well, if, yeah, if, so, if, yeah. Yes. Are they happy to wear headsets? Um, well, that's what they need to do, isn't it, for your sound? Yeah. So, if they're happy, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, there's no other way for you to mic no. it, effectively, is there? No. Well, otherwise, you're going to have to hold the mic to yeah. And they've got a script in their hands. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, look, are you, do you want the keys here? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. might as well have Well, we don't need to, we can leave it. We should have the keys here in case we all need to go away and lock it, don't we? So, as we wait for Nick Grace, something happens. Yes? You want to watch this? guy in the red. Right. Is this going to be... What's going to happen? She's going to... Fernanda Fielding's going to do one of her announcements. That's the script. Someone's handing out the script. Absolutely tipping it down, and we're all sheltering from the rain. Marvelous. Yes, that's that's proper rain. It's, I can't tell you the weather's been so beautiful this morning, and suddenly, like someone flipped a switch. Goodness. And then we discover that Nick Grace didn't know the difference between the Green Dome and the Town Hall. Well, that's a mess up right from the start. <laughs> We said we'd meet Nick at the town hall and we, and we waited at the town hall and then he went to the Green Dome and we've been waiting at the town hall and wasting time. We've now lost 10 minutes of rehearsal time. Oh dear. I'm going to... There we go, look at that. Oh, the sun. Out of nowhere. Wow. That's incredible. 
and let's expect rain again just as quickly. Yeah, oh, we, we must. And there he is, waiting in the green dome. Can you say with me? You said no, no, green dome. I went, okay. Well, when morning. You, morning. When you said the, you said let's I meet at the town hall. Good morning. Anyway, is this so. What doing? Yes. Yeah. So the maps and chairs, actually. No. Okay. They'll go stand. They're going to stand here now. What I've been, I wanted us to perform here and for the audience to be there. And they and Tim said to me, whatever you like. And then they came and said, no, you can't do it like that. So you're going to have to be up here. To, well, if we have an audience, to involve the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a cynic, as you know. <laughs> and then we spend an hour rehearsing with the audience pressing their noses against the windows. Then it's time for a quick sound check. Sound check's going on now. Ryan, how, how are you feeling just as we go for this? Feeling fantastic. Is this going to catch up on this? <laughs> who wants the scarf anyway? <laughs> I don't care anymore. It would be nice Sexist. if you had it on very loose. I, um, you know how loose I am. Hold on, let me see. I'll put it on very loosely. It's alright, it's not. No, we'll just it's, it's there, it's there, That's alright. Alright for you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then it drops off, it drops off. Exactly. Yeah. I, and the scarf. In costume as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're, they're, they're okay, right? So he, I, I don't care. I mean, you know, to come in. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that's okay. I'll just push yeah, it. Fine. Just thinking how many crunches. Wow. Well, it's only just quarter past now. It's not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not like we're late. We're actually on time. What? Actually, uh, look, um, we need to put that on slightly differently because your label of the scarf is showing. But let me just do that. I have to tell you that it is chaos. The room has become so crowded. Okay, Mark, we've just done two short rehearsals. Yes, How we are you feeling? Oh, I do feel totally fine about this. Yeah. You're doing it brilliantly. Feeling more relaxed. Good. Good. Well done. <laughs> what great acting. Is, is that what you wanted to hear, Nick? <laughs> already outside we're not meant to start until quarter past that's fine so I think um, guys Nico it's um, you know we're not doing the magic of theatre here so I'll introduce the two of you beforehand and then say I don't know what you mean yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought okay. I could give some more preparation well I would have liked it I know are you keeping those jeans on your no come back to me it's Martin's name Oh, we, we just grabbed it off him. He was just, yeah. He came in and I said, um, oh, yeah, can we... It's good, perfect, perfect fit. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. 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 Presumably you'll do a sound check in a moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, we, we do yours now? Yeah. yeah. One, two, one, two, one, two. I am number three man. That seems to quieten everyone down for a moment. That's, having it on the PA actually works better for clarity. That's great. Yeah, 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 you yeah, can absolutely hear yeah, every yeah, single yeah, word. Yeah, that's that's great. great. So the fact we can go a bit quieter. Yeah. Yeah. 
But also, when you go louder, like you did just then, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the pure volume of it cuts out all the river, cuts across the river. Hello. Is somebody introduced it, or are Me. we just going, you're introducing it? I will introduce it. This gentleman's introducing it. I can do it without a mic. Is that Excellent. all right? Would you, prefer, would you prefer me to have a mic? I have a handheld one. I'm going to do a little chat to the audience first. You're going to tuck your shirt in, your white shirt. Tuck this in? The white shirt, yeah. Because it's hanging. No, no. Um, I can't give you a radio mic because no. we've only got the two up here, so we'll give you this one instead. Brilliant. So we are broadcasting all over the village. This is the, the whole thing. The whole thing. Yes. Uh, hilarious. Rachel, there's no chance of uh, any water, is there? Yeah. For, for three of us. Is that right? I would say organised chaos, but I think it's just chaos. Pressure. <clears throat> oh, brilliant. Have we got our cup of tea as well? And biscuit. <laughs> They're coming. Okay. I would add that that is yeah, for please. the performance. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, do you come in? So, yes, the audience is suddenly coming in. But it's not on. It's only on outside. Hello. Do you come in? Uh, Mark and Nicholas, why don't you come up here for the moment? Pardon? Could taller people go at the back, please? I've had an official request. Yes. If you're not tall, come to the front. How about that? There you are. You can come come right up to here if you like. Yeah. Here we are. Come in. If you're if you're quite tall, go to the back. If you're not, come. Come towards the front. Good. And all I need you to do is to leave a, a, a little gangway between the two. Come in, Mr. ATV. Yes, you can come forward. If you're quite tall, you can go to the back. You can go over that side. Or... Come on, hurry up. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, my name's Nick Briggs. I'm the executive producer of Big Finish Productions. And uh, uh, did someone say yes? <laughs> yes. Now get out. Uh, and uh, I uh, write and direct the big... I can't believe Nicholas Grace is talking. <laughs> What's up? Right, we need, we need you out of the way there because cause we need to be able to come in and out. You can come, come to the front here if you like. I love the way you're sort of leaving a present here. You don't need to. Good. Oh, there's always one. <laughs> Two, three, four. Um, right. Yeah. Lovely. Um, don't close the door yet. Yes. 
have them killed. <laughs> um, right, yes, as I was saying, um, except this lady here, she can sit down there. You can go up a few of those steps if you like. Yeah. Very well. Um, yes, and, and I, I uh, write and direct the big Finnish audio dramas of The Prisoner. Um, we've just done the second volume, which is out now. Have any of you ever heard them? Yes, yes very much. A few of you haven't. If you like what you see in here today. Oh, look, there's there. Look, now hold it up. There we are. <laughs> Uh, today, you could go to the Big Finish website, which is handily called bigfinish.com, and on the front page is, a, is a, an offer for the first volume, which that was, uh, at a discounted price. So you could just buy it today. I don't believe there's any stock here at the moment, but I'm not going to bitch about that. I think I just did. <laughs> right, so what you're going to see today is a, a little presentation that I've written and we've rehearsed called uh, Time is Free. It's about a sort of 20-minute minisode of the, the prisoner. And the exceptional news for you is that some of you are going to take part. Now, I want someone to be uh, the butler. So who would like to be the butler? There we are, you can put your hand up. So you just be about here. I've got my age, do I? Well, what you have to do is when he clicks his finger, uh, uh, when number two, played by Nicholas Grace, just come away with you. Clicks his finger for some tea. You'll have to come up here. That's a good sound, isn't it? Sounds like a boat going aground. Come up here with some tea, which I'll hand you in a minute. Okay. I love the way they've done real tea. That's going to be too hot for Nick, so I'm going to put a bit of water in it. Okay. Is that all right, Nick? About that much in there? He's not listening. Very distant now. And you come and you hand it to him. He will, okay. He'll manhandle you. And then you, he'll hand it back to you. And you'll stay here and he'll tell you when to sit down. And you'll stay here for a lot of the uh, performance. So I don't want you upstaging him. If you think this is time for you to become a star, you're very much mistaken. Okay, so that's what you're going to be doing. There'll be, uh, there, I need two other people to be security men. Oh, well, you, you, you two, you put your hands up. So you come, just be here. When, when he clicks his fingers, when he says, clicks his fingers and say, says security, I want the two of you to come and stand here and bar number six as well. Number six is played by Mark Alstom, ladies Facing this way. It would be no good trying to stop him by with your back. You could try it. Because it'll just go around you. Stay there. And eventually, um, eventually you'll be told to move away. But okay. stay there. Once you're there, stay there the whole okay. time. All right? What else do I need to tell you? Oh, yes. Uh, later on, very near the end of it, number six will be asked to ask one of you, any of you, a question. No, it, it's whoever he looks at. Um, and... Please answer it completely, truthfully, and honestly, and accurately. It's a very simple question. If you, if you think you're hilarious and want to make up an answer that's not true, you'll ruin everything. So I may be just lighting the blue touch paper there. But yeah, just answer it honestly. There's another point where number two encourages you all to laugh. 
and I would love you all to laugh. He laughs and he does a little gesture to you and I want you all to sort of laugh raucously. That'll upset number six. Good. I think that's everything, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it sounds like everything, yeah. Right, I'm getting on a train out of here. Um, <coughs> yes, they'll both go outside and we'll get underway very soon. With time is free. Now you'll have an opportunity to ask us some questions afterwards if there's any time left. So do think of some questions if you can. Uh, who's the butler again? There's the tea. We don't, this is beautiful that they supplied all this, but we actually don't need any of that. But that's very nice. But um, I'm just going to move this so that nobody. We've been rehearsing this for an hour. <laughs> and are you starting to think, oh my God, how am I going to stand here for all this time? I am. Right. Okay, here we go. I'll cue some people. No, well, I'm, I'm coming out here to tell you to go in. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. You tell me, I'll tell you. Okay. There you see, the performance starts. Now, I do have a recording of it, but it's recorded from a distance, and, and honestly, you wouldn't be able to listen comfortably to 20 minutes solid of that. So for those of you waiting to hear or see this production, well, look out for network distribution. They're going to do something with it. I'm not quite sure what. And you never know, we might do a, an audio version of it. But anyway, that's all for this very long day in Port Marion. And next week's instalment, because there are two more of the beggars, by the way, <laughs> uh, features Sylvester McCoy, Bonnie Langford, and Sophie Aldred, and Dirk Maggs. If you know who that legendary fellow is, yeah, he is a legend. He's my inspiration. He always laughs when I say that. Anyway, in the meantime, let's get on with the flippin' emails. <laughs> You know, sometimes all I can think of is emails and how much I love them and how much I love the people that send them in. I sound like Rick um. Mailer. God, I love them, don't I? Right on. <laughs> uh, and, I, yeah, and to send them in, all that you have to do is to email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's podcast at bigfinish.com. Podcast at bigfinish. <laughs> Dot-com. <laughs> I don't know, what, what was that? Was that a Dalek? I, I, I don't know, know what it sort was. Of, I was sort of thinking it was like a, a very early Dalek. I thought yeah. it sounded like, um... Who's that? Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Yeah. Dum, dum, dum. You've got all the stuff there. But dum, dum, dum. Then the days go by. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it really is that simple to send an email. So podcast at bigfinish.com. So first up then, uh, this is an email from the Talking Heads. They say, stop ruining our song. Uh, great. Uh, so first up, this one is from uh, Max Brooks. Hi, Nick and Benji. Started listening to the podcast back when I lived in Nagasaki and was hooked 
even though explaining podcast, audiobook, spin-off and retro sci-fi to my friends was a bit beyond my language skill. (laughs) Absolutely loving it. I'm really happy that the next wave of the main range is going to go download only. Well, will be download only once all the CDs have sold out. But I digress. Yes, I can't emphasize that enough. Yes. We, we, we did drum it in last week, but... We you can still it. get the CDs. That's right. That's so go and buy them. Go, 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 yeah. It's really, really in there, you know. You can, you can have that for, for one of your soundtracks. <laughs> Not as good as my heat ray. No. <laughs> Let's just hear the heat ray. Oh, marvellous, oh, marvellous. Yeah, set, yeah. set, sets you on fire, li- literally. <laughs> literally. Warms does. your heart, literally. Um, yes. Quite literally. Quite, quite literally uh, destructive. Uh, <laughs> crash! <laughs> yeah, and, and then oh, a, big heat, oh, and then a flash, big heat ray comes down from the sky and it ignites. You go, oh no, I'm going to die. Um, yes, anyway. Uh, but, uh, but Max digresses. Because I'd just been spending a few days looking at all the things I wanted and hoping a sale would come soon. Hallelujah. £2.99 each. Excellent. I have a few questions and I feel you should ask each other. Oh, I like these. These these are quite fun mm, rounds. Yeah. When was the first time you met Nick Briggs? No, when was the first time? It was actually at a big finish day, I believe it or not. Oh yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we, we, I think, I believe we communicated via uh, CFAX, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I think you can't communicate to people on that. But I like the idea that we tried. I think we used semaphore <laughs> from yes, the we... signals division of the Eighth Army. Oh yes, we're all veterans, us. I mean, yes, um, yes. Yeah, so we I used met... a heliograph, <laughs> which oh, Nick knows all about heliographs. Yes. Uh, There was a whole load of stuff about heliographs in my um, nearly final draft of The War of the Worlds, but I had to cut all of it because it was massively overlong. I'm going to release that draft as part of the supplementary material with The Martian Invasion of Earth, so you'll be able to read my my extra, extra long version of the script if you want and think, thank goodness he cut all that heliograph nonsense. It basically starts with, the Martians arrive. But just at the same time, the heliograph came into manufacture. From 1821 to 1839, the heliograph was a popular... I just love it when writers do a bit of research. Well, you know, it always helps. But yes, I I met Nick at at, uh, Big Finish Day, and I believe we bonded over unpacking some boxes. That was my memory, first memory of meeting Nick. Very traumatic, unpacking boxes. Oh, it's one of the, the one of our favourite activities, isn't it? But yeah, that was the first time I met you, and then I think I met you again um, at a party or something. At the the party, maybe. Oh, when we had that celebration of what was fifteen years of Big Finish. Yeah. So no, no, just a Christmas no. party, just a Christmas. So, party. Oh, oh, the Christmas. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the shabby Christmas party from which I used to podcast. Yes, yes, I, I believe that was it. I believe we've got a it. nicer office now. We can't have a shabby party anymore. We can have a swanky party. The office is too small. I we mean, the only very... good thing about that old office was that it was big. That is it. Everything else about it was absolutely <laughs> terrible. It, it was, was just big. big. It was big. It was too big for us. Anyway, oh, what's tingling your molecules in Big Finish at the moment? Is uh, Max's next question. 
what's tinkling my molecules? Yeah. Ooh, to be honest, I think all the Gallifrey Time War stuff is tingling my molecules, just because, and loads of the River Song stuff as well. But River Song and Tom Baker, that photo, Alex Kingston, and Tom Baker, loads of fun stuff. But that particular, oh, yeah. uh, I saw that and thought, God, I thought this is gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, when I last worked with Tom, recording something else, he. Uh something's top secret actually um he kept saying he said nick do you know uh alexis kingston i said i think it's alex actually what he kept referring to her as alexis all day she's a very nice lady very nice <laughs> brilliant actress you know um okay that's a good i tell you what's uh, tingling my molecules randomly about big finish at the moment i was just looking at the app the other day and i don't know why but on there ready to play i must have just downloaded it as a sort of test months ago was uh, energy of the daleks Ooh. which is very uh um self-indulgent of me because i wrote and directed it it was the first tom baker one we ever did i me- i remember that one i do yeah. remember that actually yeah and do you know I-, I listened to it and i was really rather bumptiously self self-pleased <laughs> Pleased with it. Pleased with myself. That's what I was going to say. Uh, except I got all the words in the wrong order. Um, I think we should listen to the trailer of it. The Fourth Doctor Adventures. Okay, sir. Our readings show you are now in the airlock. Please confirm. Energy of the Daleks. You are under arrest. Keep away from me. I have no quarrel with you. Do not resist arrest. The beginning of cultural collapse. And it's about to get worse, thanks to your friend Damien Stevens. Chronon particles detected! What are you up to, you Daleks? What is it that you hope to achieve? Answer the question! Answer! 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 You will not force me to speak! How many of you inside that thing, then? Just me and the Doctor. Doctor? Hello, yes, that's me. How are you feeling? Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. It's got, oh, is that your doorbell ringing? It is now. Mm. It's all right, it's, it's for somebody else. We, there's, we, there's two settings. There's motion in which there's a little twinkle. And then twinkle. there's And then there's when they actually full. press it. And, and you can full. see on your phone who it is. I can, I can see exactly who it is. And, and I, then I, zero in on them and fire the heat ray! <laughs> that's it, they've gone now. They've gone, that's, that's not... We've nobody. heat rayed them. So there you are, yeah, Energy of the Daleks. It's, it's, uh, you know, immodestly I'd say it's got everything. It's got Tom Baker, it's got Leela, it's got Daleks, old-fashioned Daleks doing old-fashioned things. And uh, it's quite, you know, hmm, quite a neat little story. Quite pleased with myself. But as soon as you say, you know, Fourth Doctor and the Daleks, instantly you just think, yeah, I'll give that one a go. Well, it's a no-brainer at conventions, especially, I remember Jason and I at some American conventions, sort of, and people saying, well, what should I buy? And they say, well, do you like, uh, who's your favourite doctor? And, you know, they, they quite often say, well, Tom Baker, or they'd say David Tennant. At that point, we had no David Tennant. They said, do you know about Tom Baker? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, Tom Baker, yeah. Um, okay, do you like the Daleks? Yeah, we like, we love the Daleks. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I think only about two Americans I've met said that, so that was a horrible generalisation. One of which was a bus driver in uh, Chicago, but we won't tell that story again. But you are the voice of the Daleks. I am the voice of the Daleks, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And then we'd, we'd show the energy of the Daleks. Bada boom, purchase straight away. What's tingling your molecules in entertainment in general, asks Max. I'm going to go with uh, two... Well, the, the main thing is Star Trek Discovery, yeah. which has just blown my mind on so many levels. It's, it's, it's got... It's, I mean, it's but got you can't re- harm the theme tune, though. Well, the theme tune's incredibly dull that's so that's yeah, why it's not catchy is it even enterprise even though that theme tune was i would controversially say awful well so was we the, all yeah, remember next it gen, though next gen is a ghastly theme tune in my my books <gasps> That's it the is. Jerry Goldsmith Star Trek da, theme from Star Trek the motion picture da, 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 da. that's a brilliant piece of music no it just doesn't get out of the podcast no it needs to be <laughs> You're, that's because you're Mr. Retro. All right, Alexander Courage. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the Star Trek Discovery is really cool. Like, I'm, I'm not the brilliant the biggest. Acting. Oh, it's, it's the whole thing. Brilliant production values. And I'm yeah. not like the biggest Star Trek fan. Like, I'd say I'm, I'm going further into Star Trek. At the I moment. love a bit of Star Trek. I'm into Star Trek big time. But I'm certainly going that way. And the the other thing I would say quickly is is Hunted. I think Celebrity Hunted is on at the moment. But I just What's love that? that that. Oh, it's such a good show. It's the Celebrity one, not so much. But it's basically it's a really cool show because it's you get a bunch of people and they they're given the task that they have to evade being captured by uh, the secret services. And so you've got some of the top guys from like uh, MI5, guys from the CIA, who are all using like cameras and surveillance and, and to find these people. But it's just fascinating uh, how the decisions that people make when they're under such pressure. So they're trying not to be captured, but then they, but then they can't resist the urge to maybe send a text to their wife or... or and then they are immediately found and shot. Well, some, some, well, you know, no, some, some get away with it. But if, if you're but found, I mean, what you're happens out, if you're found? It's just a game, is it? If you're found, it's like you know, you're, you're out of the game. I'm afraid your time is up. Right. But if if you make it to the end, obviously you win a, a lot of money. Uh, but it's it's really good. Like it's one of those things. I'm not really into reality TV, but I was hooked. It's just it's so good. Love yeah. love a bit of psychology. I'm not into uh, reality TV. I mean, obviously. Um, Stranger Things, tingling my molecules, but I've gone on about that already. Uh, but something I watched last night, just randomly on the BBC iPlayer, was a thing called a, uh, a documentary called Valley Cops. Okay. And I didn't know, and the iPlayer didn't make it clear whether it was a documentary or a drama. So I clicked it thinking it was a drama. And uh, the moment it started, I realised that it was rea- it was a documentary. But... It was amazing the access in the filming they got because camera equipment is so lightweight and adaptable. You know, you don't have to spend ages setting stuff up anymore. So you can literally just appear somewhere and film something. And you get... it's. I, I found it amazing. It, it was all about a particularly um, deprived area in Wales uh, where there was an estate and <clears throat> huge amounts of endemic crime. Um, And I was just fascinated by the level of access to people and how people spoke openly about everything in their lives to the documentary makers. The documentary makers themselves must have been really special, uh, empathetic people um, to be able to get this access. And, you know, and you have to have permission to use 
footage of people, real people speaking, and they must have all signed waivers to say it's fine. Uh, if I had said any of those things that any of those people said, <laughs> I would not sign a waiver to have them broadcast to millions of people. I suppose but it's it was, trust, isn't it? But, trust. But, uh, yeah, I suppose so. And the other thing that struck me, and I don't know quite how to say this without being massively controversial, but it, the nature of the people in it, they're so extreme. If you were to put characters like that in a drama, people would accuse you of massive prejudice uh, and uh, derogatory statements against the kind of people who live on a rough estate in Wales. They would say, you know, no one like this actually exists. But here they were. They're the real people. They weren't acting up for the camera. They're just being themselves. But if you were to p portray that dramatically, then you would be vilified for it. But so it strikes me that television companies are now doing things like this because this is the only way that certain things can be represented now. You can't represent them dramatically because it would be too controversial to allegedly make something up that was like this. You can only show it as reality and then people have no choice but to accept that it's real. But if you wrote it, people would say, you, you know, what you've written about these people is yeah. horrific. And you think, well, but it's just what I've seen. But okay, here's the documentary instead. So interesting. It's fascinating. People are fascinating, without a yeah. doubt. But people um, who are caught up in a cycle of crime, who, who you know, and yet some of those people, some, some, of the, some of the policemen who police that community are contemporaries of the criminals. And they <laughs> had different, yeah, they lived on the same estate, probably next door to each other. One guy was saying, one policeman was saying he often has to arrest members of his extended family. You know. <laughs> anyway, so Valley Cops, that's what's tingling my molecules. I don't think I'll ever watch it again because I found it too traumatic. But, um, but it tingled them for, for long enough. To yeah, it was to... fascinating and beautifully well made. And then the BBC does this so well. They make fantastic documentaries. And that, oh, they do. that was they do. amazingly well done. Yeah. And the final question well, is, and if you could adapt anything to Big Finish, no worries about rights, licenses or previous versions, what would you adapt and why? What I would think? go, I think we touched on this last week. I would go for the tripods. I just love that show so much. I, I really do. Like I just, I, love I hated that. it so much. It was the oh, dullest thing on television. I loved it because it's just just the adventure. Was awful. Well, it had you know it was one of those things. It was. It, it, Maybe I should watch it again. I like. I mean, the second series is is not quite as exciting as the first, but I like it because it's just like it's just a bunch of a bunch of lads who go on an adventure in a sort of the future which is actually the past and it's i just like it i like the music it's so wonderfully synthy and gorgeous by uh i think it's the fact that it came on in the doctor who slot i think i said this before and i found it like some appalling imposter in the doctor who slot on the saturday well interestingly enough they were in the um they recorded next to each other at television center and a friend of mine uh, who was in the second series he was one of the the main cast he's he's a oh and a i'm buddhist. saying he's an awful actor but he's he's a buddhist <laughs> I'm just insulted and, you, um, mate. and he said that what he would do is um when they did their buddhist chanting members of the doctor who people next door would would all, they would sort of all congregate together to chant together in one place? So it was like this fusion of sort of eighties Doctor Who and the tripod 
doing everything the same, despite the fact that there's this famous thing that Doctor Who and and uh, the tripods has always got this sort of slight beef antagonism. Yes, but uh, but no, I, I just I like that idea. I think I think it was would have. Yeah, I was trying to work out. I did work out once what was being filmed at the same time, but I can't remember now. Wow, um, I know that they used a, what was then a revolutionary new special effects technique on tripods called paint box. That was the main thing uh, about that to to make and and the the models did sort of sit in the reality uh, of it all quite well, didn't it? And also it was helped by the fact that it was all shot on video, so the matching of the models shot on video and the the live action shot on video was. I just found it so. I also find it, and I've probably said this before on the podcast, I also find it really odd that H.G. Wells' estate never sued the writer of Tripod because it is blatantly based on the scenario that um, one of the characters in War of the Worlds, the, the artilleryman, sets up. He talks about what he thinks the future under Martian rule would be. And tripods is exactly what he says it yeah. would be so it's it is weird. absolutely taken from all the worlds and i'm surprised that no payment i mean maybe it was maybe they did pay ht wells estate because ht wells has only just gone out of copyright which is of course why we've done all these productions but yeah it's, it's a, that is a weird one it is oh it is totally i mean you you can't say you can't say it's not a, a, a sort of rip-off but i like it they I, are I tripods they're three-legged fighting <laughs> machines you know I think anyway. for me the reason I the reason I would like to do it is because the show got cancelled. <laughs> it doesn't back up my claim particularly. To do the third series. Yeah, they set it up like it ended on such a big cliffhanger. We've we've investigated it as I've said before, and it's owned by Disney. And yeah, they bought it and not done anything with it allegedly. Apparently, maybe they are doing something with it. And we just don't know about it. Who knows? What about yourself, Nick, then? Anything in the world? Oh, well, I suppose, uh, you know, anything in the world, and this will never, ever happen, but I would love us to do Star Trek. Would you, would you want to do... Okay, here's, a, here's an interesting mm. question. Would you want to do existing Star Trek crew sort of stuff, or would you want to go, boom, fresh start, let's, let's home in on something well, new? There's part of me would love to, but it's already <laughs> been done in the new movies. I would love to sort of reinvent the original series, but yeah, that's been done. Um, but yeah, do something completely new. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I like uh, the idea of that. But, um, and James Bond. Love to do James <gasps> Bond. Who wouldn't love to do a bit of Bond? Yeah. That would be good. James Bond. Or Harry Palmer. Let's just, just, just do that. <laughs> it press file. Len Dayton. The interesting thing is that the he's not called Harry Palmer in the books. Is he not? He doesn't have a name. They had oh, to invent the name for the movie. But you, yeah, that's an interesting thing about books. It's like War of the Worlds. I, I've I've had to invent names for most of the characters because in the book they don't have character, they don't have names. That's weird. I'm surprised it's just not a really difficult and irritating thing for a writer to just not name anybody. Well, it's weird. It's strange when when you're writing prose, you you sometimes don't need to do that. Characters in a drama, they almost immediately have to know each other's name in order for them to interact with each other. If new people meet, they, you know. It's weird, yeah. You know, when, when the narrator in War of the Worlds, again, unnamed, meets the artilleryman, he doesn't say... My name's Herbert, and the artilleryman doesn't say, I'm, my name's Daniel Mercher. Those are their names in my production. Herbert's a good name. I like well, it. Well, Herbert Wells, you see. I'm the man with the beard, and you are the man with the slightly lazy left eye. 
pleasure to meet you. And the big bushy moustache. <laughs> well, uh, there four great questions and thank you so thank much you. Max leaves us here by saying keep up the good work guys well we'll certainly uh, try to do so but thanks Max thanks Max uh, next up this from Carla James Nick and Benji greetings I don't normally write in on these things but I wanted to drop you a line about the email from Brittany the suggestion of a mystery loot crate type of purchase is a grand idea I have on several occasions been happily surprised when I have stumbled across something new to me or found something I missed stroke almost missed because I did not know about it. It's such a joy. So the idea of a buy a surprise package is very exciting and cool. I hope that Big Finish will look into uh, uh, their options to put something like this together. Well, I, as I told you, I emailed it straight to the team and everyone thinks it's a fantastic idea and we're all just scratching our heads about how the flip to do it. Uh, Carla carries on. I have been listening since the early 2000s and came as a Doctor Who fan. I'm so happy that Big Finish has widened its offerings and established themselves as a solid publishing house. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> we try, we try. I also want to comment on the decision not to repress CDs. While I would love to have the CDs in this day and age where most people are likely to be listening on their phone stroke tablet, moving to a digital download business model is probably a better move anyway. I know that with purchase shipping costs it makes a digital download for me more cost effective audiobooks help me focus at night and let me get to sleep i like that your stories pack so much storytelling and plot in two to four hours give or take in closing i just uh, want to say how excited i am for the new time war titles well, all the new stuff, actually. River Song meets the fourth. Mm, can't wait. The landbound short. The landbound short trip description is intriguing, and December won't be here soon enough. Oh, blimey! I need more time, Carla. Please don't wish sept uh, December on me. Straight away. <laughs> I, was, I was going back to September. That's where I want to be. Thank you for Blake Seven and Torchwood as well as I can still indulge even when it's not on the telly. Thanks again, as always, for the great work. Carla James. Carla, that's lovely. Um, lovely points you make there. Uh, the, the whole digital business model thing. We are keeping the CDs for as long as humanly possible. No plans to completely phase out CDs. Um, who knows? CDs may come flooding back and everyone will abandon digital downloads. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, that reminded me. That was the sound of CDs coming back. Oh, Carla James was writing from the USA, by the way. That was at the end of her email. Sorry. And time for the penultimate email now from May Lewis. Hey, Dalek face. Nah. Keeping the old joke alive. <laughs> was wondering if there would be a possibility of a class big finish audio series. I was so sad when Class was cancelled, and I know the cast was up for another season, so maybe you could wave your magic audio wand and bring oh. them back. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Especially as it ended on such a cliffhanger. Uh, as you're bringing back characters like Jenny, why not these plucky young teens? Uh, would love to know if that was possible. Cheers, lads. May Lewis. Thank you, May, for that question. I've got no answer, but I wouldn't rule it out. Might might be a might be a goer. Yeah. Hmm. And, like and now, what? Sorry, go on. Feels like a natural progression. You know, yeah. one of those things. Yeah. yeah. 
I wouldn't go that far. And finally, uh, this from our longtime friend and fan, April McCaffrey. Hello, Nick and Benji. I just wanted to say thank you for releasing Gallifrey, the Time War trailer last Sunday, and the new Gallifrey news, as it really made my weekend. I'm so glad Big Finish is going to keep continuing to make Gallifrey and keep more talented actors like Sir Derek Jacobi in its range. Uh, the Gallifrey series has come so far from weapons of choice to here, and you should be very proud of yourselves for it. I'm very excited for it to be released and add the CD to my little Gallifrey shrine that I have at home. Exclamation mark. It was such a wonderful and unexpected surprise. And after meeting Lala Ward this year at London Film Comic Con, my love for Gallifrey Audios will not die down anytime soon and will always remain a favourite. I also want to thank Nick Briggs for getting me into The Prisoner. Oh, you're welcome. I've recently watched the TV show and I'm currently on series two of the Big Finish audios of The Prisoner. And I absolutely, in, in, uh, in capitals, not inverted commas, love it. After hearing Nick Briggs and some of my friends talk about The Prisoner with so much fondness, I'm so glad that I did. And it has become a new favorite of mine and the audios are fantastic. I love what you do with adding your own interpretations of the story to it as well as some of the original ideas. And Mark Elstob is a perfect number six, and one Patrick himself would be very proud of. That's a nice thought. Plus, the limited edition box set for the Prisoner Series 1 is a truly wonderful and beautiful product to have. So thank you for introducing me to this wonderful show. You are most welcome, April. I also want to thank everybody in Big Finish Listeners face group, face group, Facebook group, uh, run by Craig Brawley, Brett Harrison, and others. It has become a wonderful group to talk about Big Finish. And they always cheer me up when they tag me in Gallifrey or Benefrey, Benny-related <laughs> things. And one where we can have a joke or laugh about. Work has been stressful, so being part of this group and the Big Finish fandom has made me really happy. And Scott Hancock teasingly dropping fates about Narvin in the new Gallifrey box set shakes fist Hancock <laughs> keep up the fantastic work and I shall look forward to hopefully be seeing you at Gallifrey 1 or at Big Finish Day Big Finish Day for me I won't be at Gallifrey 1 be seeing you uh, from your longtime friend and fan April McCaffrey P.S. there are no grammar or spelling mistakes in this email this time winky smile well you say that <laughs> but thank you April lots of lovely points in there and there you have it the end of this week's emails it's a mm. sad and well it's a sad sad oh. time for me personally and I've just got to just got to use my instruments to get me through this one <laughs> I've only got the kazoo <laughs> right better now it's fine the whistle always helps <laughs> Crackalack on. Onwards, Nick! Onwards! Time now for our guest star interview. As you may have heard, our first Doctor adventures are coming out in the new year, starring David Bradley as the Doctor. You may remember he played William Hartnell in An Adventure in Time and Space. No! Space and Time! An Adventure in Space and Time. Yes, I got the title right for a change. And he turned up at the end of the last episode of Doctor Who on telly as the first Doctor. As a prelude to his full starring role in the Christmas special Twice Upon a Time. Uh, during our studio recording for the first Doctor adventures, David and I made time for a little podcast chat and what a delightful fellow he is <laughs> sir david bradley oh so david bradley 
Uh, it sounds a bit like I said Sir David Bradley then, doesn't it? Oh, well, that, that'll do. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Um, Thank you. Oh, although uh, you are definitely a Dave, aren't you? Yes. That's how you introduce yourself. Yes. It yeah. made me feel overly familiar to call you Dave. I, have, I hope yeah. I've done it well enough. Yes, well, you have, yes. I, in fact, I, I, I don't remember inviting you. <laughs> 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 it's but, difficult because we have David Richardson and we call, he's a David. Yes, yeah, he's definitely a David. Isn't he? Yes, you can yes, tell, can't yes, you? Yes. No, I like it when uh, unprompted people just automatically call me Dave. Uh, oh. And I often get brothers as well. Do you? Brothers? Yes, yeah. How do you feel about brothers? Uh, that's all right. In fact, my, my Twitter account is um, Brothers David. So, uh, so I don't know. It happened, I think, years ago. The actor Toby Stevens started calling me Brothers. Hello, <laughs> Brothers. I thought, oh, that'll do. And yes. then Maggie, Maggie Smith started calling me Brothers when she sees me. <laughs> so I thought, oh, yeah, I quite like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you've got to take that from, from that calibre of person. Well, you have, yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Is that, are you a big tweeter, by the way? Uh, no, not a lot, but I'm, 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 uh, I'm on and I follow, I follow stuff and retweet stuff if it's mm. of interest to me yeah but how I, many followers have you got about six and a half thousand oh, oh. it's uh, about a year and a half it's just that's not bad is it yeah it's, it's gonna grow well I'm sure. I, I hope so after I, this I, podcast interview <laughs> yes it could go down to six thousand <laughs> <laughs> um now the, the, these questions are fairly frivolous uh the first one is entirely egotistical on my part which is when did we first meet you and I. Was it Adventure in Space and Time? I think it must have been. Yeah, I think it must yeah. have been. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's good. And yeah. I, I was really gobsmacked, although you must have done some research, I don't know, when we worked together on the Christmas special, yes. I bumped into you in the hotel reception and I was all ready to explain to you who I was, but you 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 recognised me yes. somehow. Yes, yes. I don't yeah. know how, because I had a wig on the last time. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yes, and you, yeah. you probably introduced yourself in a Dalek voice in the hotel, and that, that's, I've, I've, I've heard him before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we've cleared up that, that that's all good, yeah, when yes. we first met. Um, what is tingling your molecules about Big Finish at the moment? Um, well, just the um, just the wrap of, of being with the same lovely people as well as on the, the other side of the... Uh, the sound um, box. Um, well, we're seeing Gemma and Claudia and Jamie, and uh, plus a few other new people, and just uh, just the whole buzz of it, really. And then working this quickly, you know. Uh, I mean, two, two takes, maybe three, and maybe pick up the odd bit. It's just so refreshing, you know. That's nice mm. to hear. Mm. Well, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's my motto. Yes, yes, yes. But if I hear um, after 20 takes, perfect, one more again, I'll say, well, <laughs> I've had this experience, so I can say, you can do it in two, you know. Yeah? Yeah. I think people, I think I'm going to be controversial. I think there's, there's, there's a tendency for some people in television not to be able to make a decision. And they, oh, you know what I mean, and they just think oh, they think, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'll just do it again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I admit, I've said in some productions, I've said sometimes that I ask for another take because I enjoyed it so much and I just want to hear it again. Whereas yeah. I could save the actor's trouble and just play it back, couldn't I? Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, and I bet more often than not they use the first take anyway. Mm. Because there's usually something spontaneous about it, isn't there? Yes, yeah. yes. Maybe a bit of fear in there. 
Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's always good for spontaneity. Yeah. Um, what is tingling your molecules generally in entertainment? This is like a snapshot of what you're enjoying in entertainment at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it could be a book or a TV series or a film or music or all of the above. Anything you like that you're particularly liking just now? Um, I'm reading an excellent book called Sapiens, which is about the history, a brief history of humankind. Mm -hmm which um, puts a few things into perspective, how long we've been around and how uh, and why we're behaving um, in, in, the, in the ways that we are and how crazy the world is. And you can see um, how, how humankind has developed this uh, self-destruct button over the millennia. Mm. And um, that's, um, that's very interesting. What made, you, uh, what made you pick that up? Um, my son read it, and um, you know, um, my kids. Uh, if, if if they've read something they like, I usually like it as well. It's the same with music, you know. And they've um, they've introduced me to a lot of new bands, and I've taken them to see like uh, the the Who and the Kinks and yeah. uh, all those old bands, and they love all that stuff as well. So it's a kind of nice uh, cultural exchange we have with books and. Films and uh, and music, of course. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. You're a bit of a rocker, aren't you? Well, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, um, I'm, I'm 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 not disenchanted with acting, but I'm I'm becoming more and more f fond of, of the idea of being a wedding singer. Uh, which <laughs> I'm a bit of a karaoke tart, to be honest. Are you? Yes. If you put a glass of red wine in my hand and said, um, um, uh, "White Wedding, Billy Idol, please," I, you know, I'm You're there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so At the moment, I'm working on "Lost for Life," the um, you know, the um, Iggy Pop. Oh yeah. wow! I'd love to do that with a long wig stripped to the waist and just see if anybody notices it's me. <laughs> <laughs> God, that'd be brilliant. You forced me in an earlier interview to do a Dalek voice. I'm not going to force you to sing. So that's that's oh, me being nice. Thank it? you. But you, you yeah. Well, I, no, I just, I've just uh, enjoyed it. I used to be in a skiffle band when I was like 18. And and um, my middle son, Jack, got me um, singing at his wedding with him wow. on bass and his brother on drums. And wow. and he, he just said, you're, you're, you're going to do it. And so I thought, well, you, you can't say no. And I had the time of my life. I thought we stormed it, to be honest. And uh, I, so now, uh, whenever an opportunity arrives, and uh, I'll, I'll sing in public squares in Italy and wherever anybody asks me. You know. Brilliant. It's terrible, really. You well, know. So that's for anyone listening. If they bump into you, just say, give us a song. Yeah, yeah, you? yeah. Blue suede shoes, you know, whatever. <laughs> I can tell he's serious as well. Uh, yeah. You're also you've done a bit of rap recently, fairly recently, was that? Yes, I did. Yes, with uh, Kevin Durand and Miguel Gomez on the on the on the on the set of uh, the Strain, the Guillermo del Toro, Chuck Hogan epic that I've just finished filming after four years in Canada. And so we we um, yeah we did a five minute rap video to pr to promote the show, and the other two guys were kind of experienced rappers. Um, and they just allowed me to to join in the fun, and we had a we had a great time. Yeah. And that was 
four years in the making. Yes, yes, we did four four seasons in uh, filmed right. in in and around Toronto, and occasionally they take us down to New York to uh, to let the audience know that's where it was set. So right, make yes. sure the Rockefeller or the Empire State was in the background or something. Yeah. So we'd, we'd go down for a day or two as a real treat, but mostly <laughs> Toronto. Wow. And I was a vampire hunter, ninety um, five year old vampire hunter. <laughs> this is why it's been so difficult to get you in to do this. We've been trying to do this since about February, you know, but yes. you've been just so busy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And there you are. I mean, you've got me back into playing a juvenile lead again, which <laughs> is great. great. I'm really chuffed. <laughs> yeah, you're having a fantastic career. Uh, what is the secret of your success? <laughs> like um, a misprint? <laughs> a typing error of some kind? I'm just waiting to be found out, really. Um, David no, Broderick or something. It, it, it's been great that there have been the sort of parts that... Um, I mean, I, I, I did quite a few lying in the hospital bed with cigarette stains on the pyjamas and stuff. <laughs> but more lately, it's become more uh, slightly more murder murderous and more interesting and uh, except for the doctor of course who's not murderous but uh, he's just um, that was a real treat being asked by Mark Gatiss that started the whole ball rolling really with yeah. this and adventure and and the Christmas special so yeah. it's um, it, it's great playing such a fantastic part and also playing it played by um, a fantastic British character actor one of the greatest of his time yeah, and uh, Martin, yeah. who I admired greatly and uh, there's a kind of bit of responsibility attached to uh, to doing something like that and, and also uh, in being Doctor Who because uh, there's a whole ream of people in, in the past who've, who've, uh, who've nailed it and defined him and and um, but the beautiful thing about it is you're, you're not um, expected to copy anyone. You just have to define it for yourself. And, yes. And, uh, and I, well, I, I hope I've done a good job, but I, I've, I've just enjoyed it. And it's all these late treats, you know, it's... Um, Fantastic, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. I've, yeah, I've really enjoyed working with you on it. So Thank it's you. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. You also get to sign my son's autograph book, if you will. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah as a yes. Doctor Who. It's a Doctor Who autograph book. So, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Everyone right. thinks it's for me, but it really isn't. It? You write to Ben, and my name is not Ben. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, That's my secret. Can, my real name's Ben. No. <laughs> you can change it in the edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to go back to the silly questions, which is, um, what is your entertainment guilty pleasure? Ooh. Something that you think you shouldn't like, but that you do. Oh, gosh, I, I can't for the life of me think. You don't suffer from guilt then? No. I didn't think you did. No, I no. <laughs> I'm a seriously lapsed Catholic. <laughs> you are very easygoing. When you were talking about William Hartlow, I was thinking he had quite a reputation for being quite irascible and difficult. Yes. Yes. And yeah. uh, I, I, you're, you're definitely not that. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm trying to think of a, a guilty pleasure. I... Uh, I um, well, I, I follow Aston Villa football oh. club. Not many people admit to that, but uh, <laughs> I follow them for through thin and thin for twenty five years, and um, we're still waiting for a bit of silverware. But um, 
I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of addicted to them. I, I do, uh, I do, I do love them, and in spite of the fact that we've been struggling for quite a long time. So, what about you and Jamie? He's a Spurs fan, isn't? He? Is he? Yeah, did you not know that? No, I didn't he know did that. He whisper it when he said it. Right. I said that football fans, often when they say the name of their team, it's like a sort of hallowed name. They say, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. But you just went Aston Villa. You just threw it away. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, as I said to the man next to me on the terraces last week, oh! <laughs> <laughs> If anyone didn't understand that, he's so far away. That was the idea. <laughs> that was the joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what are your plans going forward? Oh, my plans. I'm just enjoying my grandchildren. I'm looking forward to the um, to the Doctor Who Christmas special. I'm hoping to take up the offer of um, for my two sons to go and see the Pink Floyd exhibition at the V&A, oh, yeah, which I is on posters, yeah. for another uh, three or four weeks. So, um, and stuff like that. And I, I know I've got to go and see Jamie in uh, the Harry Potter play. So, I'm hoping he can swing a couple of uh, couple of house seats for me. Oh, I no, so. say, yes. But I, you know, I, I, I would have thought they would have said, you know, you were in it. Just come along, be like, but I haven't heard the thing. I wasn't invited to the press night, but uh, but never mind. There's so many people for them to uh, to consider. So yeah. I it's understand. probably that typographical error again. Yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. I wonder if he did get to go to Harry Potter. I bumped into David the other day when I was just coming out of dubbing for the Christmas special. He was next in line for ADR on the episode. And we talked excitedly about the possibility of him doing even more First Doctor Adventures for us. You never know. Well, who knows? Uh, But he said nothing about Harry Potter or Pink Floyd. Maybe because I forgot to ask him about that. Uh, (laughs) More news on that later, eh? Hmm. Time now for us to get random as we randomly delve into the Big Finish archives mm-hmm. to select a random release to have a random chat about. Yes, it's our old favourite. It's the Randomoid Selectatron. Cue that epic music. Okie dokie, I'm poised to tell, hit the button and tell me what's what's happening. Okay, well, it's it's given us a sequel to something, but oh, yeah. uh, let's just roll and rock into this one. Uh, it's it? Return of the Rocket Men. Okay, yeah. Which is well, a, I directed this, didn't I? You no, you didn't. That didn't was I? Lisa Bauman directed. Oh, that sorry. One. Oh, well, I did do a Rocket Man one. Well, uh, yeah, the Rocket Men. You're absolutely right. Yes, because it's a uh, um, it's a Companion Chronicles release. And it says it's a sequel to The Rocket Men. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles, Return of the Rocket Men. When do you know? When do you know it's time to move on? To let go? When it's the right moment to take charge of your life? When do you know? Stay in there and you won't get hurt! Oh no. The Rocket Man. Happy birthday, Stephen. Dodo grinned and handed me the package. I think Stephen regrets letting us in on the date's significance. 
We'd left the TARDIS and were walking across the sand towards a red rocky mountain ridge. So, where is everyone? Dodo asked. It is most unusual. Perhaps the project has been abandoned for some reason. Maybe they're hiding from something. <laughs> I was closing in. I slowed the thrusters, pulled back to a safe distance, careful not to get too near the wake of the rocket men's transporter. Stephen! Doctor! It was Dodo. She was struggling, hands and feet bound, clamped in a vice-like grip under the leader's arm. You're animals! Worse than animals! <laughs> Can animals do this? Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com there's an interesting motif in this, isn't there? They're always uh, introduced in the same way. Peter Purvis stars as Stephen Taylor. And Tim Trelaw, who uh, you know now plays the third Doctor for us, is a character called Van Cleef. Um, yeah, a lovely idea, the Rocket Men. These sort of strange uh, rocket-propelled criminals in space. And uh, I directed one with uh, Tom Baker. What was that one called? I think I put Rocket Men into the search engine. Requiem for the Rocket Men, that's the one I directed, which was out in 2015. Goodness me, was it that long ago? Uh, yeah, uh, by John Dorney. Let's have the trailer for that as well. Let's have a Rocket Man fest. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, The Fourth Doctor Adventures. Capsule approaches. Show me. There you go, a TARDIS. Right on time. The itinerant time and space traveler known as the Doctor, wanted, dead or alive. This is a busy public thoroughfare. No one's going to open fire on us in a crowded street. Well, looks like I've caught myself a Time Lord. Keep back, I have a knife. One step closer. <sighs> You're now my prisoners. I'm taking you to the Rocket Men. You had better not be playing games with me, Shandar. I do not appreciate it. You do know who you're dealing with. The Rocket Men are feared across all sentient systems. How many times has the Doctor defeated you now? How many men have you lost to his interference? He's just a Time Lord. One of many. In the event of hostile action, I am to immobilize or kill the Time Lord. He's a mass murderer. Asteroid SW-72 has been detonated. Everything else is a ricochet. To the Doctor, nothing is impossible. Oh, I, I wouldn't say that. Failing to stop you, I seem to find that an impossibility too. Two of the greatest criminal minds the galaxy's seen trying to outplay each other. Sorry. Fantastic. This probably doesn't look very good. It hardly seems worthy. Doctor Who. Requiem for the Rocket Men. Big finish. We love stories. I always like it when uh, we we have things in like big finish uh, like reoccurring monsters from the big finish world oh yeah always, i love to do things that. like that always make i always think it's really cool and um, the rocket men in particular is lovely and lovely in 60s so it's lovely sort of vibe there oh definitely and fantastic design of the rocket men yeah 
Great stuff. Um, yeah, thoroughly recommended. You know, uh, John Dorney, such a brilliant writer, so instinctive and emotional in his storytelling. And they, the Rocketman stories all, always have a, a strong thread of that. It's interesting, you know, the first Rocketman story uh, stars William Russell as Ian Chesterton. The second one, Peter Purvis as Stephen Taylor. And the third one, Tom Baker and Lou Jameson, you know, as the fourth Doctor and Leela. Oh, with uh, John Leeson as K9. 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 Affirmative master. Anyway, that sounded more like the other canine, didn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Affirmative, master. That's a bit more John Leeson, isn't it? That yeah. is he. Affirmative, master. Yeah. Let's just do John Leeson impersonations. Lovely John Leeson. You're Lovely listening to the John Leeson podcast. <laughs> Official launch date. Official <laughs> launch date. <laughs> two nineteen. Um, two nineteen. <laughs> In the year two nineteen. And the year of 219. Right. <laughs> okay. That is the end of the random Moids Electrotron, is it? Yeah. It I is indeed. See. That is the end of Ran, who's delivered us a Rocketman fest, no less. So, although it delivered one, you've got yourselves three. So, do have a delve if you fancy it. And so. As the podcast wafts along a deserted street, like a discarded bit of newspaper used to wrap up a particularly sticky helping of fish and chips never to be seen again. Just in time for for Nick to inform your ears about what could be coming their way from Big Finish if they're lucky enough. Cue the Nick-O-Tron! Nick-O-Tron obeying! (laughs) Oh, what am I like? Uh, we're on the brink of a whole load of November releases. So there's a load of brilliant October stuff ready and waiting for you if you haven't already availed yourself of the opportunity. But let me just remind you of some of the great free stuff. Love Among the Lobelias. Mm. A short story by Rob Shearman from his collection Love Songs for the Shy and Cynical. It's read by the brilliant Toby Haydo and it's splendid and well worth a listen. And it's free! Go on. Uh, the Outliers, part one. It's Doctor Who, the early adventure starring Fraser Hines and Annika Wills. Part, part one, free. Go on, just have a listen. If you haven't, if you haven't bought it, have a listen. Uh, the Middle, part one. The Sixth Doctor, Flip and Constance arrive on a planet where if you're old... You're in trouble. But if you're in the middle, oh, great sci-fi adventure with Mark Heaps in it. Yeah, yeah. He's brilliant. Uh, With a great TARDIS team. If you haven't tried them before, now's your chance to test fly them for free. All of these things are free. And of course, so is the podcast. Now in its own range, available to download onto your Big Finish listening app on your device, your mobile phone, whatever, your kitchen sink, you know, gramophone. Yeah, just I, I had I had a bit of trouble getting my app to spot the podcast actually I don't know whether you've tried I've not uh, tried yet actually if yeah. that's something I really should I recommend sort out. you uh, you update your download list in your account right and, uh, okay yeah, so and and then pull down to refresh in the app that seems to do the trick so I've I've just got a new a new phone so it's it's sort of empty of interesting things so I'll I'll, I'll check that out and report back thank you uh, thanks, Nick, for those that wonderful uh, recap there. Great bunch of stuff. So many things in there. Check them all out. But before we launch you into a 50-minute tease of the audiobook of Terry Nation's Survivor's Novel, just time for us to deliver a quick trailer for this podcast. So, here we go. Get your kazoo. 
In this podcast, Benji, what's in this podcast? <laughs> in this podcast, we talk about all manner of things. The first doctor, survivors, you name it, it's in there. That's right. Well, do name it. Well, I'm naming it. We've got the survivors. We've got uh, big details about Jenny, the Doctor's daughter there, including uh, story titles and their respective writers. We have an interview with David Bradley. Uh, We we go slap bang into the survivor stratosphere as we talk survivors and music and all that with a good dosage of uh, merry questions and weird slide whistles. Yes, emails and 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 the survivors' fifteen-minute teas. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the heat ray. <laughs> yes, don't miss this edition of the Big Finish podcast. We love podcasts. <laughs> and there you have it. Now sit back and prepare to be exquisitely traumatised by a brilliant reading from the original cast member Carolyn Seymour of Survivors by Terry Nation. Big Finish present Survivors by Terry Nation, read by Carolyn Seymour. Pandemic. General, universal, especially of a disease. Prevalent over the whole of a country or continent, or over the whole world. Survivor. One who survives or outlives another or others. Hope. To entertain expectation of something desired. To trust, have confidence, to look forward to. Prologue. In the beginning, the Lord said, My name shall be known to all the peoples of the world. In one hour, he spoke his name to ten people. In the hour that followed, each of those people met ten others and said the Lord's name. In the third hour, each of those one hundred and ten met ten more people and spoke the name of the Lord. At the fourth hour, each of those 1,210 disciples whispered the Lord's name to ten more people. And so it continued. How many hours will pass before the name of the Lord has spread to all the peoples of the world? The Good Child's Book of Pastimes, 1850. In 1850, the population of the world was one billion. The answer to the problem was between seven and eight hours. Today, the answer would be between eight and nine hours. The Boeing inched forward to nuzzle the side of its nose against the walkway. As though conducting a symphony, the ground controller swept his arms downward in a dramatic gesture that signaled the finish. The orchestra of the engines died. The wheel brakes clunked. The drawbridge and canopy slithered across to the open front hatchway tethering the great machine to the airport. There will be a brief delay before passengers can disembark. We apologize for this, 
and would appreciate it if you would remain in your seats for a few minutes more. Thank you. A fuzzy click ended the announcement, and the voice of the stewardess was replaced by a track of syrup-smooth music. In the main compartment, the passengers from the aisle seats were already standing, waiting to shuffle forward to the exit. Now they seemed uncertain what to do. A few settled back into their seats, uncomfortable and bulky with raincoats and packages, flight bags and plastic carriers from the duty-free shops at Charles de Gaulle Airport. Will we be long? The chief steward gave his professional calming smile. Not more than a couple of minutes, sir. He indicated an empty seat to his questioner. The man remained standing. What's the trouble? A passenger in the first-class cabin was taken ill. The captain radioed for an ambulance to meet us. Is he bad? The chief steward assumed a confiding voice. It combined gravity and reassurance. He's in some sort of fever. We just want to give the medics a chance to get him off, and then we'll start disembarking. Now, if you'll excuse me. He moved on up to the first-class cabin. The man lay stretched across three seats at the front of the aircraft. A stewardess knelt on the floor beside him. The steady blast of cool air from the overhead ventilator had blown her hair free from the grip of the lacquer, and it lay in thick strands across her forehead. She looked up gratefully as the ambulance men appeared beside her. She got awkwardly to her feet, her legs stiff from being folded under her. The ambulance men snapped the stretcher open and laid it in the aisle. They tossed aside the airline blanket that covered the passenger and lifted him onto the taut canvas. The man was shivering violently, but his face was glossy with sweat. His breathing was swift and shallow. His eyes opened and closed as though he were drifting in and out of sleep. The red stretcher blanket was flipped over the man, locking his arms to his sides. Then he was lifted and with practiced ease, manipulated through the tight angles up to the exit. Got his travel documents, passport, luggage tags? The stewardess who had nursed him pointed back to a briefcase under the seats. Better get it, and someone should come with us to deal with the formalities. The girl glanced at the captain standing in the open door of the flight deck. He nodded. You go with them, Mary. By the time she had collected the briefcase, the stretcher was already on the cart and starting up the steep ramp. She ran to catch up. She was still wearing her flat, in-flight shoes. Her blouse had tugged free from her skirt. She started to tuck it in as she walked beside the swiftly moving cart. She felt hot and untidy. She pushed the hair back from her eyes. One of the ambulance men grinned at her. Glamorous old life, isn't it, being an air hostess? She didn't answer. Flight 301 disembarked seven minutes late. 211 passengers filed out of the aircraft, smiled off by the cabin crew. 43 of the travelers avoided customs and immigration and moved to the crowded transit lounge to await connecting flights. The others were filtered through the airport processes and out into the main concourse, moving against the tide of travelers who were starting their journeys. In that single day, more than 6,000 people moved through London Airport. Their destinations included every major city in the world. The man carried from the aircraft was Robert Jordan Mills. He had flown from Moscow to Paris, spent a one-night stopover at the Hilton, and then picked up a British Airways flight to London. He had been taken ill within minutes of boarding. Four days later, he died in the isolation ward of a London hospital. 
British Airways stewardess Mary Saunders overnighted in a New York hotel. She was due to join the morning flight out of Kennedy. She reported sick two hours before takeoff. Book One The Fourth Horseman Chapter One She's in the garden, I'll call her. Mrs. Tranter carefully balanced the receiver on the pile of directories and hurried across the kitchen to the terrace door. The gusting October wind pressed the door back against her as she pushed it open. She stepped out onto the wet paving and stared down across the lawns toward the swimming pool. The glass doors of the sunroom were closed. Mrs. Tranter moved to the corner of the house. Scent spray fine rain misted her spectacles. She directed her voice toward the gate of the walled garden. Mrs. Grant? She waited a moment and then called again, louder this time. Mrs. Grant? Telephone? There was no answer. She was about to start along the path when Abby appeared at the gate. Telephone, Mrs. Grant, the woman mimed holding a receiver as she called. Abby waved a hand of understanding and the housekeeper started gratefully back to the kitchen. Abby began to run. Graceful, despite the knee-high muddy rubber boots, she wore a bright red plastic raincoat that was much too short. Several inches of her skirt showed beneath it. A silk square knotted at the neck covered her hair. In her hand was a colander half filled with autumn raspberries. Mrs. Tranter held open the kitchen door. Abby handed her the colander and stooped to ease off the boots. It's a personal call. I think it must be Peter. Abby crossed to the telephone, shrugging out of the raincoat and letting it fall. She pulled off the headscarf and dropped it on the floor. The older woman followed her like a conjurer's assistant, picking up the props. Hello? Yes, this is Mrs. Grant. Yes, I'll hold on. Abby noticed the trail of damp footprints across the kitchen floor. Ugh, those damn boots leak. She reached down to touch her foot. My feet are soaking. She pushed her hand up under her skirt, hooked a thumb behind the elastic waistband of her pantyhose, and edged it down to her thighs. She lowered herself onto the edge of a chair and peeled off the wet stockings. Hello, Mummy. The connection gave a slight echoing quality to the boy's voice. Hello, darling. I hoped it was you. Sorry I was so long. How are you? Is everything all right? While her son reassured her that he was well and explained that he was telephoning from his housemaster's study, Abby made a silent signal to Mrs. Tranter and mouthed, Pass me a towel. Then it was her turn to answer questions. She rubbed her feet as she spoke. Yes, Daddy and I are fine. He's in London today, but he'll be back this evening. Now tell me, what's happening down there? Peter retailed the school news as though he were reading it from a prepared statement. He explained that all the boys were being allowed to telephone their parents. Abby wondered if the housemaster was in the study with the boy. The picture of her son was very clear in her mind. Tall for eleven, but too thin. Like hers, his hair was fair. And, as always, whenever she spoke to Peter on the telephone, her image of him began to focus on his wrists. No shirt or blazer cuffs ever seemed long enough to cover the bony wrists. Peter ended with, And that's about all. Abby said, It sounds quite exciting, like being under siege. Classes are going on as normal, though, are they? Yes, he said. Worst luck? His mother laughed. Ah, oh, jeez.
Look, darling, will you ring again before the end of the week? And then to make it sound more casual. I'm not at all worried, but I do want to hear what's happening. They've closed the village school for a couple of days, so I thought they might be sending all of you home. Peter said there'd been rumours about a special holiday for the emergency, but that the head had decided against it. He finished by promising to telephone on Friday. Try and call in the evening, and then you can talk to Daddy, too. And don't you dare go breaking bounds and sneak off into town. Take care of yourself, darling. Talk to you Friday. Bye. Bye-bye. Abby waited until she heard the connection break, then put the receiver back on the rest. She rubbed the towel vaguely over her damp hair. Mrs. Tranter waited for a report. Is he all right? She demanded finally. Oh, I'm sorry, Abby roused herself. Yes, he's fine. She shivered. I'd love a coffee, Mrs. Tranter. Instant will do. The woman pressed the switch in the handle of the kettle. Apparently they've closed off the school. Nobody coming in or going out. The tradesmen leave things at the gates, and when they've gone, the boys go down to collect them. Mrs. Tranter gave a series of nods. Very sensible. She spooned coffee into a cup and stood with her hand hovering over the kettle, waiting for it to click off. Any sign of it down there? Peter said there are about a dozen boys in the Sam, but Matron thinks it's some sort of stomach bug, nothing to worry about. Again, the housekeeper nodded approval. That's good, and the school being out in the country, they might be lucky and miss the worst of it. She moved the cup beneath the spout, and in the moment of the water boiling, tilted it onto the coffee. Abby glanced at the wall clock and stood up quickly. I must have a shower and get changed. I'm picking up David at the station. I'll take that up with me. She reached for the cup and, balancing it carefully, started out of the room. I'd like to go home for a day, Mrs. Grant. Abby halted in the doorway. Is there something wrong? she asked. Have you heard from your sister? Mrs. Tranter shook her head. I tried to ring her this morning, but there was no reply. Then I tried again about an hour ago. There was a funny sort of signal, so I got the operator. She said there'd been a big breakdown in the Clapham area, no calls going through at all. But that doesn't really mean anything, Abby said. I mean, nothing to worry about necessarily. They said on the radio that there'd been some breakdowns and that the telephone people were short-staffed. Mrs. Tranter was a determined worrier. Yes, I heard that, but the phone was ringing this morning and there was no answer. Doris never goes out in the morning. The idea of her sister leaving the house before noon was impossible. Therefore, an unanswered telephone was ominous. Abby said, well, I'm sure everything's all right, but of course you must go, just to set your mind at rest. Thank you. Of course, if everything is all right, I could be back here tomorrow just after lunch. Abby was tempted to try to talk her out of going. It was a difficult journey. More than an hour on the train, then a long tube ride and two bus changes. Before she could speak, Mrs. Tranter said, I really must go. Of course you must. And decide when you're coming back after you find out what's happening. If you can find a phone that's working, perhaps you'd give me a ring. Now you get ready and I'll run you to the station. Abby hurried across the hall to the stairs. Mrs. Tranter took her purse from the kitchen table drawer and checked that her return ticket to Victoria was still valid. She made certain she had enough cash and then moved around the kitchen tidying quickly. The telephone made a noise, not a real ring, but a series of weak single notes. 
Mrs. Tranter lifted the receiver. Hello? No sound came from the earpiece. Hello? She said again and jiggled the rest. The instrument stayed silent. She replaced it and went up to her room. Abby shifted the automatic transmission into D1, slid her foot off the brake and touched the throttle. The E-type Jaguar edged out of the garage. The tires made more noise on the gravel drive than the enormous V12 engine. Officially, this was David's car, but she enjoyed driving it far more than her own Granada estate. For three months, she had listened to her husband debate buying the car. The brochure had become his regular bedtime reading. One night, he listed the reasons for not owning the car.